the heading of this psalm, the, it says there, Midstam of David. It is very interesting and it is very beneficial. If you have a margin in your Bible, it gives the meaning of this word. The meaning of the word is golden. And so here is something that is very precious. And here is something that is worthy to be inscribed upon our hearts, even in grand letters of gold. The psalm is prophetical, that is, it speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can be absolutely sure of that. Because when Peter was preaching over there, as it is recorded in Acts in the chapter 2, uh, he made reference to these verses that we read together. And then he said, David speaketh concerning him. That is, David speaketh concerning Christ. So here is a psalm uh, that is very precious as a golden psalm because it's speaking about Christ. Christ is very prominent in the psalm. Again, we can see that it sets before us the blessed satisfaction that the redeemed of Christ know. Those who are in union with Christ, those who know the blessing of salvation, it's speaking here of their satisfaction. They're satisfied with their portion. They're satisfied with their lot. They're satisfied with what they have. It says there, the lines are falling out onto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. And so the psalmist here is talking about himself and, of course, talking about the redeemed. And he's saying here that as the redeemed of God, we have much, we have a goodly heritage. Uh, the things have fallen out in grand places for us. And so there is the sense of satisfaction here with what the child of God has. And it ought to be the case. We have the various instructions in the scriptures relating to our satisfaction, our contentment. In Hebrews 13, the first five, we read, be content with such things as you have. And again, we find Paul says there when he's writing to the church at Philippi in the chapter 4 and the verse 11, he says, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. <clears throat> contentment with what we have satisfaction with our lot. This is something precious. This is golden if we want to use the sense of the heading uh, of this particular psalm. Uh, if a person has contentment, <clears throat> then he is something that is very precious. He is something that is golden. <clears throat> I want to speak uh, today just for a little while uh, about our satisfaction with our portion. The believer's satisfaction with his lot. David talks here in the verse 5 about the portion of mine inheritance. Believer, child of God, as we look here at these verses, I want us to see that our portion, that our inheritance is the Lord. It is not what we have in this life, it is not by way of our possessions. David's inheritance was not in what he had in this world. Now, of course, David was very great in many ways. Uh, he had great possession. 
He had great position. He had great power. He was a mighty king. He destroyed all of his enemies, the Philistines and the Moabites and the Edomites and the Amalekites uh, and the, uh, all of the enemies that came against him. None could stand against him. He was a great king. He had great power and position. <clears throat> and of course he was great in wealth. He also had servants, he had prestige, he had honor, he had respect, he had authority. But David did not regard all of this as his greatest lot, as his portion, as his inheritance. He, he looked away from all of this. He looked away from everything that he had. He looked away from everything that he was. And he said, the Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. Now, this attitude, of course, is altogether different from the attitude of the world. The attitude of the world really is that they possess such things. That is where uh, their eye is upon. The ungodly, the unsaved, well, look at what they have. Their house, their car, their money, their friends, whatever. Of course, these things are of value as far as they go. We need a house to live in. We need a car to get around in. And it's good to have friends. These things are very good and are of value as far as they go. But for the child of God, we have a far greater portion than that. It is the Lord himself. He is our portion. The Lord is our inheritance. Dear child of God, you may not have all that you would like to have in this world. But look at what you do have. You have Christ as your Savior. You have his love. You have his forgiveness of sins. You have peace with God. You have the unfailing promises of God. You have the provisions of God. You have an eternal home in heaven. You have God as your inheritance. And that's far, far better than anything that you may have by way of possessions here in this world or from this world. When we go back into the Old Testament there, into the uh, book of Numbers in the chapter 18, we find here... The Lord is speaking to Aaron. Let me read the first 20 of Numbers 18. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part with them. I am thy part and thine inheritance among the children of Israel. <clears throat> you see, what the Lord is saying here to Aaron he is saying here concerning the whole tribe of Levi. Aaron was the head of that tribe. <clears throat> the Levites, they had no share of the land of Canaan appointed to them when it was divided up and given to the other tribe. The other tribes, they received their share of the land. They, re they received uh, uh, their portion of the land. But there was no portion for the Levites. And what God is saying here is that he would be their portion. 
he would be their inheritance, that he would provide for them all that they had needed of. He is saying here, you have no need of the provisions of this world. I will provide for you. And that is the assurance that God gives to his people today. He is our inheritance. He is the portion that we have to enjoy. And people, this is a two-way relationship. God is our inheritance. God is our portion. But we, the people of God, are God's portion. We are God's inheritance. Over there in Deuteronomy, and in those verses, the chapters 32 and the verses 8 and 9, we read there uh, that the Lord's portion, the word, there is the same for inheritance. The Lord's portion, his inheritance is his people. We belong to the Lord. We are his because he has made us. And we are his especially so because he has purchased us. And he has purchased us by the precious blood of the eternal Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we are purchased by the blood of God, as we read there in uh, the chapter 20 of the Acts, in the verse 28. And so we are God's today, and God says that we are his portion. Again, in the Psalm 33, in the verse 12, uh, we are the people that he has chosen for his own inheritance. And God has chosen us for his inheritance. What a privilege that is. He has chosen us. He has purchased us by his own blood. My friend, here is the great privilege. We belong to the Lord and the Lord belongs to us in that sense. It's like the bride in the song of Solomon who said, I am his and he is mine. And people, here is our union with him. We have Christ. What need we more? Now what does it mean when we read he is our inheritance? What is the practical essence? What benefit is this to us? If God is our inheritance, well, it means that all that he is, all of his glorious attributes are for us. At our disposal, they are for our benefit. All that he is, is for me. He is my portion. Let us take, for example, his glorious infinite attributes. He is infinitely wise. And he gives to us the benefit of his wisdom. James 1, the first five, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So we need wisdom when we need uh, a wise uh, a path by which we can walk when decisions need to be made we need to be wise the people of God should be wise sometimes we don't know what way to turn we don't know what we ought to do as far as taking any particular decision well God says that he will give us of his wisdom 
He is absolutely, infinitely wise. He knows all things. And he says, if we lack wisdom, then let us ask of God. And it shall be given him. God, of course, is the God of infinite power. His power is absolute. And he makes that power available to us. We can receive of that power that we need. Isaiah 40, the verse 29, he giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. He giveth power to the faint. There are times when we feel ourselves so feeble, so worthless, if you like. There are things we'd love to do uh, for the Lord, and we feel ourselves feeble. We can't do many things. And the Lord is saying here, well, he giveth power. He giveth power to the faint. So all that God is, is for our benefit. God is absolutely holy. His holiness is infinite. And so, by the working of the Holy Spirit in us, he sanctifies us. He makes us to be holy. In Ephesians 4, the verse 24, we read, And that ye put on the new man, uh, which after God is created in righteousness and through holiness. Here's the working of the Spirit of God, working within us, creating with us that likeness of the Lord. In fact, if you look at that verse there in Ephesians 4 and 24, it says, Which after God is created in righteousness and through holiness. That term after God is after his likeness. So that the working of the Spirit of God within our hearts, that sanctifying work enables us to be more and more like the Lord day by day, uh, having a, a, a closer likeness uh, to the Lord. And this is what we benefit from the fact that the Lord is our portion, the Lord is our, our inheritance. All that God is, all its attributes, his faithfulness, his love, his mercy, his goodness, his grace, we as his children, joint heirs with Christ, we have all of this because of our union with him. Paul writes there in Colossians 2, in the verse 10 he says, Ye are complete in him. The word complete there is to be filled to the full. Ye are filled full in the Lord. We have need of nothing because he is our portion. He is the portion of our inheritance. People, that union that is ours in Christ whereby the Lord is our portion. It is based on Christ's atoning work. It is based upon his cross work by which we are redeemed and made joint heirs with Christ. We go into the New Testament there. In the chapter 9, there's a verse, the verse 15, that certainly brings light to this. If we read the verse 14 also of Hebrews 9, <clears throat> we read there how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself 
without spot to God, purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the, New, the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So we're reading here about the inheritance of believers, eternal inheritance. Now, the subject in these verses is the atoning death of Christ. It brings us to his death. <clears throat> it brings us to the cross. It brings us to the shedding of his blood in the verse 14, that blood which cleanses from sin. Now look at what it says then when we come to the verse 15. It says, and for this cause, that is because of his atoning work, because of the power of the blood to cleanse, uh, there is secured for us those who are believers. There is secured for us the forgiveness of sin and an eternal inheritance. We are made the children of God. We are adopted into God's family. We are made joint heirs with Christ because of the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ, brought into union with him and brought into the family of God in Christ and through Christ's atoning work. Let me just say at this point, should there be those unsaved here today, there is no other way to be saved and there is no other way to be brought into union with Christ. There is no other way to be brought into the family of God saved through the atoning work of Christ. You will never have an eternal inheritance in the Lord if you will not come and receive Christ as your Savior. The plainness of the gospel is this that we are all sinners by nature and thus rebels against God and grievous in our works and behavior towards the Lord. We are estranged from God, but God in his mercy has provided salvation and that salvation is found in Christ and through his atoning work on Calvary. And the man, the woman, the young person who will repent of their sin and turn away from their sin and themselves and all else and look to the Lord Jesus Christ alone and to his atoning work and receive Christ by faith, trusting him alone for salvation, that person will be saved. But there's no other way of salvation. And dear unsaved one, if such there should be in this meeting, if you will not repent of your sin and trust Christ for salvation, then you will never be saved. You will be eternally lost and doomed and damned in hell. But these verses here in Hebrews 9 are showing to us the atoning work of Christ by which we are brought into the family of God and granted that eternal inheritance. Here it is from the manward viewpoint. When we receive Christ by faith, we become children of God, brought into his family and granted our inheritance. Have you got that inheritance? People, have you got the Lord as your portion? Is he your inheritance today? But then let me just say this also, that this is our inheritance forever. 
The Lord is our, is our portion now and forever. We read here in these verses, verse 5 and verse 6 here, of the portion that God has given to us. In this life, if you look at the verses 5 and 6, you'll find it is all in the present tense. He says, the Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen out unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. It is in the present tense. And so here in this life, we enjoy the Lord and everything that is found in the Lord. All of the blessings of God are ours in Christ. All that he is, is ours in Christ. His wisdom, his power, his holiness. Uh, his faithfulness, his love, his mercy, his grace, all of this is ours in Christ. Whatever we need by way of wisdom, it is granted to us by the hand of God. Whatever we need by for, for power in our walk with the Lord, it is ours from the hand of God. My friend, here is our portion in this life. David said there in the Psalm 142, verse 5, he said, I cried unto the Lord, I said, Thou art my portion, and my, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. My portion in the land of the living. Just now, believer, you have all of your needs to be met by the Lord just now. As you go through life, every need will be met by the Lord. That's what it means. But it says that the Lord is a portion of mine inheritance. Aye, but more than that, we have it for all of eternity. The Psalm 73, the verse 26, we read, God is my portion forever. Not only in this life, but forever the Lord is our portion. We can see that here as we come to these verses. Look at the verse 11, for example. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This can only be interpreted of eternity of heaven. It says here, uh, we, In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. That cannot be said in the absolute sense of our life here in this land, in the land of the living. Yes, we have joys, and we have happiness, and we have it in the Lord, and we rejoice in that. But people, as we go through this life, we have times of sadness, and we have times of loss, and there are times when our hearts are breaking, and there's times when the tears run down our cheeks, and we have times of anxiety. We cannot say that we have always fullness of joy in this life. We have joy, and as we go through these particular times, the Lord sustains us in all of this. But it's talking here about glory. It's talking here about heaven. People, there is the fullness of joy, and there's the fullness of happiness in heaven. Why? Because God is my portion forever. 
And when we come to the end of our journey here in this scene of time, having enjoyed the Lord's presence and provisions, having enjoyed the promises of God, having enjoyed all that is found in the Lord, my friend, that doesn't stop when we come uh, to the end of this life. Not a bit. For death opens up the door for us to go through into the glory land of heaven. And there with the redeemed of God we'll sing his praises and we'll know then what it is to have the fullness of joy forever. We'll know then what it is to have the happiness that is found for the children of God and the pleasures that are forevermore because God in glory our inheritance the Lord himself the one who has redeemed us by precious blood he is our inheritance so what we have in glory in 1st Peter and in the chapter 1 the first 4 we're reading about our inheritance there and we're told it is an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you so that reserved in heaven today there is an inheritance and is ours in the Lord and because of what the Lord did for us on Calvary oh we've enjoyed our portion in the Lord in this life we're enjoying that but my friend in glory we have a portion there we have a mansion fair in the glory land. We have an inheritance there, a portion that is incorruptible. It's undefiled. It will never fade away. And it's reserved in heaven for us. Sometimes, especially in days gone by, not now of course, and with the virus, we would go into a restaurant or whatever, and you'd find a table and it says reserved. And then as time would come by, the waiter would come, maybe with a couple of people or with a family, and lead them to this table reserved for them. Reserved for them. Oh, the privilege of having the table reserved. He can just walk in and sit down. My friend, here's the privilege of the believer. We have a home in glory that's reserved for us. Why? Because the Lord is our portion and our inheritance. Oh, what need we more? There's a poem I come across one day and it says this. In the heart of London City, mid the dwelling of the poor, these bright golden words were uttered, I have Christ, what need I more? By a sick and dying woman stretched upon a garret floor, having not one earthly comfort, I have Christ, what need I more? Look away from earth's attractions, all earth's joys will soon be o'er. Rest not till your heart exclaimeth, I have Christ, what need I more? Dear child of God, we have need of nothing more. We have Christ and all that is found in him. But just in closing, let me say this to the unsaved. This is not your inheritance. We have been talking about our inheritance in Christ and the benefits 
that are ours that flow to us through Christ. We've been talking about that grand inheritance that is ours in glory, but dear unsaved, this is not yours. We read there in 1 Corinthians 6 in the verses 9 and 10 and 11, Paul is writing there inspired of God, and he says there, Know, uh, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous, the unsaved, they have no inheritance with regard to the kingdom of God. That's what Paul is saying to these people. You need to know this, that the unrighteous have no inheritance. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then there's a list of those who have no part, no portion with the Lord. But we praise the Lord that while this was the situation of these Corinthians before they were saved, while they were yet in their sin, they had no portion with the Lord. They had no inheritance with the Lord, but we thank God that God did save them. We thank God that he washed them from their sin and he justified them and brought them into the family of God and gave them an inheritance. He became their portion. He became their inheritance. That's what God does for a sinner. But dear unsaved, it will only be yours when you come as a sinner to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him for salvation. God can and God will do the same for you if you will repent and acknowledge your sin and call on the Lord to save you and put your trust in him and his atoning work. Oh, that you would do that, dear unsaved. Dear child of God, rejoice in the Lord as your portion and your inheritance. What need we more than that? May the Lord be pleased to write his word that it might be a word of encouragement word for our souls even this very day. We'll bow in prayer.